0: Welcome to Beyond the Summit, Trinity College's new podcast that looks at accomplished alumni and asks them how they became who they are. I'm your host, Paul Sullivan, Trinity class of 1995, and this season's focus is entrepreneurs. With me today is Roden Monrose, class of 2009. Roden is the founder of Carry Club, a networking platform that connects young professionals with causes. He started in 2014. Before that, he was a Wall Street trader at Citigroup. Roden, thanks for talking to me.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, learn more about what's going on here.
0: I was a history major at Trinity, and I love narratives. And i love love it if you told me yours. I mean, let's just start with some basics here. You know, where'd you grow up? Tell me about your early life before Trinity.
1: Well, I mean, if I'm going to tell the full story, I, I really have to start in St. Lucia. Um, I, I moved there, sorry, I lived there, I was born there um, and, and I moved from St. Lucia uh, to New York, to uh, Harlem, New York, to live with my mom and my sister. Um, my mom was already there, I came up with my sister. Um, my mother wanted to make sure that we both got the best possible education and so um, after school programs, nonprofits uh, helped to fill the gap. Um, and I. And like we both ended up going to prep schools. Um, I ended up at Middlesex in Concord, Mass. My sister ended up at Hotchkiss in Connecticut. Um, and that, I mean, that just basically changed the trajectory of our lives. Um, I went to Trinity College mainly because they had. Uh, I would say it's a good school, but like they also had a very strong crew. Um, and that was like one of the sports that I got really involved with while I was at Middlesex. And so, um, that was, that was the original plan when I, when I landed at Trinity college, uh, my sister on the other hand, like ended up at UPenn and now she's a doctor in New York city. So life has been quite the journey.
0: Yeah. What do you think, you, you talked about crew, but you know, what were some of the things that, that really stuck out to you when, if you remember when you, you first stepped on Trinity's campus, where you first decided that this is a college that, that you wanted to, to attend?
1: I think for me, an important part was the fact that I did a, I, I stayed on campus um, while I was in high school. I think uh, they had a, an overnight program at Trinity College where I actually got to meet and be among the Trinity College students. Um, I'm not sure if they still do that, but they should, because that was such an important part of like my my decision to to go to Trinity College. Um, I actually got to experience what it would be like to be there. Um, And I think that probably played 80% of the role in, in the decision. Um, I, would, I was already interested in the school for for a number of other reasons, um, but the experience of actually going to the campus and um, being among the students made it like really c- cemented that this the, the uh, decision
0: mm-hmm. you know I was reading that that you were the president of the investment club. you know, tell me why that was an in interest to you as a as a college student and, and tell me what being president of the investment club taught you
1: well, I was already I was always interested in finance broadly um i decided by my sophomore year that i was going to make it my goal to to work in finance um, and so i just got myself involved with various activities on campus that um, was finance related and certainly the investment club is probably the the pinnacle of that um, but what's also great is that i also got to meet other students who were um, equally interested in working in finance, um, especially older students who um, have kind of like had the experience of um, doing internships on Wall Street. Um, And I was able to learn from them and and their journey. Um, And that really helped to like pave that that path for, for me um, being part of the investment club was great because it, it it gave me an opportunity to to learn about this industry in a way that was more real because we traded real money and we managed a portfolio. So it really forces you to learn the ins and outs of this industry that, that you're trying to get involved with.
0: What was your best investment as a college student?
1: None. <laughs>
0: That's honest. Um, all
1: right. So I mean I think I was probably the one I was most proud of is is probably Apple. Um, however, uh, I graduated Trinity College in two thousand nine, and if we remember the world back in two thousand nine uh, or, or before that, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like that was the year that I was president of the investment club. Um, and really, the thing that I was probably most proud of is that we did not lose money. Um, we were we finished flat for the year, which is in and of itself, an accomplishment given the times. Mm,
0: I agree. Um, but but what came first when you look at your you know sort of academic career journey? What came first, being an economics major or the the investment club? This is this great sort of you know chicken and egg type type question.
1: Economics major, investment club. Um, I think the the economics major was something I did because I thought it would help that journey of eventually working on Wall Street. The investment club I felt was actually even more valuable in a way, um, it was less theoretical. Um, and I really got to learn the, the brass tacks of how do you actually execute a trade? What do you look for in each company that you're trying to decide to invest in? Uh, and you get to experience what it's like to, to lose money on those decisions and to gain on, on the right decisions. Um, and so, from a very practical, pragmatic point of view, the investment club was was formative. Uh, economics was useful as a like a theory, um, but again, two thousand nine was an interesting year because uh, a lot of those theories did not hold up.
0: Was there a a, a professor who was an advisor to the investment club?
1: There was I. Th- believe it was Professor Curran. I could be very wrong about that, though. But we were mostly independent in that um, the, it was student-run and student-organized, and the whole thing was not kind of uh, dictated by any any uh, advisor. We had a relationship with our broker, and that person was affiliated with, with Trinity College, but uh, they were, I mean, they, they, they trusted our decisions. So,
0: yeah. No, I asked you that question. So I'm just wondering, you know, when you think back, were, were there certain professors or, or certain classes that really stuck out to you that were, you know, formidable, um, and, and that you remember today?
1: Yes. And the funny thing is that probably the professor that, had the most impact in my trinity college experience was was not an econ professor um it was uh professor raskin uh she's a neuroscience professor at trinity college and i am to this day still a huge fan of professor raskin we still talk whenever i go back to trinity i uh, we, we always reconnect um and she was profoundly influential because I mean, I really felt that, like, neuroscience was such an interesting field of study. Um, I learned so much about um, just, like, the whole idea of, like, learning about how people interact with each other and how it's it's like psychology but, like, on steroids where you, you really get to understand the motivations um, of people. And I think that, and, like, that understanding made... Um, made, life, made, made things in finance make more sense to me in terms of like what people's motivations were in terms of how they were making buying and selling decisions. Uh, if I were to design a perfect major, it would basically combine neuroscience and, and economics. Um, and Professor Raskin was like my neuroscience outlet. She was the one who taught me uh, everything about the field. And um, even like after I graduated Trinity, I would reach out to her, send her emails, um about books that i wanted to read about neuroscience because i wanted to continue learning more about it
0: was she somebody that you consulted you know uh, after you got out of college have you, have you talked to her about Carrie club or, or other sort of oh, decisions yeah. that we're you, still
1: yeah. in touch so so she her and i are i'd call her a friend like we were still pretty uh we, we we'd communicate pretty regularly
0: you know you were saying that you know, being president of the investment club you know 2008 to 2009 is certainly memorable but um i don't think any i mean probably some people would pick it because you you learned something that you would not have learned in in 6 or 7 when when everything was was going up but you know i understand you, your first job out of out of trinity was trading interest rate derivatives uh, is that correct yes yeah well i mean what was that like that that, that sort of probably gave you a, a, a far more sophisticated uh look into how the financial markets were working than, you know buying and selling apple stock what was that like as a first job particularly in in 2009
1: baptism by fire uh that's probably the best way to put it uh that was a time where everything was like not going right uh and everything was falling apart um And I'd say by 2009, when I entered as a first year analyst, uh, things were stable, but still like pretty bad. Um, And so you were thrown into the deep end and you had to learn quickly. Um, You had to learn everything very quickly. And it was also a very competitive environment because I mean, no one was hiring in that year. And so, um, there was like no room for error, like you had to be on top of the game at all times, otherwise you could lose your job and no, what like, you can't lose your job when like no one's hiring, especially in the finance and in- finance industry, where they were suffering the most in terms of uh, employment
0: um, how long but, you, How long were you in that job? How long did you did you trade interest rate through this?
1: I was on Wall Street for five years and uh, four of those years were in the uh, interest rate swaps.
0: Uh, what did you, what are some of the other things you did?
1: Uh, before that I did a rotation on a um, structured product desk. It was just a structured derivatives desk.
0: So, for, you know, for our listeners who, who aren't, you know, well versed in, in hardcore finance, this is some of the most complicated and esoteric yeah. stuff out there. Um, but you know, doing that for five years, you're going to learn a lot. And, and, kind of leads into the question I want to ask about, you know, we hear sort of, you know, the myth of the entrepreneur is you, you come up with this idea, you, you found it in your dorm room, you, you leave college and you become a billionaire. And, wow. um, but you know, a, a different story is, uh, here's a guy who, you know, runs to the president investment club, gets a job in finance, which is what you're aiming for, uh, at a, at a really great firm, but then you leave and you leave to, to start carry club to, to sort of really, you know, work on this idea that you had. So. How did that come about? You know, How did you leave a, a great job to, to take a risk and, and start a venture you know, that's still going strong today?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's multi-layered. Um, because for me, I really appreciated the fact that um, things worked out for me in life. Uh, it could have gone a very, down a very different road Um, just given my background, where I come from, um, the opportunities that were made available, the doors that were open, a lot of that could have easily not been possible. And so that was always part of like my psyche. Um, when I worked on wall street, it was never lost on me that, um, I was a massive outlier that whole time, um, in the industry. And, um, I always felt that need to to do something about it um i didn't know how or what but like that was always part of my psyche from just the beginning when i came to america and having that experience of you know figuring things out as i go Um, outside of that it's it's a lot a lot of it is just like learning and, and and growing and the decision to leave came from an unlikely story which like looking back on it now, it sounds a little ridiculous, but at the time it wasn't at all ridiculous to me. Um, I remember one day I was sitting on my, at my desk at work and I was looking at CNBC cause every television is always tuned in on CNBC. Um, and I saw this guy on a TV and he was being interviewed for some app that he developed. And I recognized the guy because I went to high school with him. Um, and he happened to be, uh, Kevin Systrom, the founder of, of Instagram. Um, and so, so like, actually the weird thing of like seeing him there and, and then being an entrepreneur and being successful made it more relatable to me because it's someone that I actually knew. Um, it also made it uh, less scary of a decision. Um, and. Uh, when I ultimately decided to leave, um, I felt strongly that I would regret not trying it more than um, stick staying to the course and 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 st- uh, sticking to finance.
0: Tell me, you know, about the original idea for for Carry Club, and and tell me what it's become over the years. How how has it evolved? The
1: original idea was really around how do we connect people um, from the finance industry to things that are outside of the finance bubble? Um, because for me, when I worked in finance, I realized very quickly that these are just regular people. They um, they they just have mothers, children, what like. They're, they're just regular people. Um, and again, like imagine just the, the time uh, and the conditions where finance was basically the villain. Um, I, I felt very strongly that like, there needed to be a way to connect people um, from the industry to opportunities outside of the finance bubble so that they could get to be involved with things that were like non-finance related because everyone had an interest outside of finance. No one goes into finance, Well, most people don't go into finance with the like single-minded goal of just being a finance person. Like you you have other interests. Um, and so the goal was to connect folks in that industry to opportunities outside of finance because I knew that if we did that successfully, um, a lot of good could come out, come out of it. Um, when you work with a lot of people who are, very Type A, very passionate, driven about like what they do and um, how they go about things. If you unleash that same amount of um, intensity into social causes, uh, I saw an opportunity to like bring those things together and create a lot of good.
0: And you know, when you think about how Carrie Club has has evolved, what have been some of the the more challenging things that you've had to overcome to 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 make it work like it has
1: Uh, probably the biggest thing would, would be fundraising. Um, that was probably the biggest challenge in the beginning. Uh, no one ever thought it would work. Um, and most of my friends probably thought I was a little crazy for like leaving, like a very well paying job on wall street to start this whole thing that, uh, may not work, may may or may not actually be able to generate revenue. There was a lot of uncertainty because to this day there is no other company doing what we do. So that could either be because someone tried it and they failed and I would be another one of those people or that it hadn't really been executed well um, and it didn't have a chance to succeed before. So I know now looking back that like it was the latter. Uh, but that was uncertain for probably a good two or three years into the venture. Um, but I think the conviction that I had in terms of um, building a platform uh, that would make it possible for people to have this impact um, at a national scale and impact beyond their natural bubble. Like I, 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 I was always passionate about that enough to keep going when things inevitably uh, went bad south.
0: I, I won't ask you about that because it's, it's it's going well. We'll skip over that. But, but what I do want to ask you about is I you know, I read that you had some, some Trinity alums really get behind the initiative uh, early on. Maybe you can tell me a bit about who some of those alums were and, and how, that, how their support came about.
1: Yes. So Trinity, Trinity College played such an important role for, in so many ways. And, and I think one of the more important ways is that the alumni community for Trinity College has been incredible, um, incredibly supportive uh, in, in many ways. So with, with um, the, the original idea, once I finally had a product that I could sell, that I could present and pitch to, to companies, um i i approached uh paul rader um and i think most people who are listening to this who who know trinity college will know paul rader um at least they'll know the rader library um the namesake of uh of the library and he to this day i actually just had a phone call with him uh yesterday has uh, been so supportive um, from the beginning with Carry Club, um, and in the in the early days, well, I, pr- I approached him because I wanted to figure out how to get KKR um, as a client. Uh, they're a very big deal private equity firm, and um, if we could get a company like that on board as a client, it would it would be a massive um, point of validation that like this whole idea is not crazy, and this is something that is of value and companies are willing to pay for it. Like that was a very big deal. Um, and so Paul Rader was willing to meet with me and he, uh, made an introduction to one of the, uh, people at the company that would be, um, the buyer. Uh, and, and from that meeting, uh, we were able to get KKR as our very first client. And because of that meeting, um, I was able to, uh, get our first paying client and not get kicked out of my apartment, <laughs> not get evicted. I was, I was pretty close.
0: That's wonderful. Um, is it true that Danny Meyer also uh, came on board?
1: Uh, Danny Meyer has not been involved as an investor, but he's been in, involved um, as a, a supporter. Um, he was someone that we um, had as a guest at one of our events Um that we launched uh, in 2018, where we invited um, all of our members um, to meet each other. And by that point, we had several clients um, with in, in different industries. And so we, we wanted to hold, host an event. And we got a bunch of alumni, uh, sorry, uh, of, of character members together. And I was able to get um, both Paul Rader and Danny Meyer to be guest speakers at the event. and. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the message that Denny Meyer has to, uh, like he delivers in, in terms of like enlightened hospitality um, is something that I re- like resonates with me a great deal. And um, I wanted to kind of give, give a platform so that our members also like got to hear that message. So that was, I was very generous of him to be able to um, not just attend that event, but like really it was a, a very successful event.
0: Yeah. And, and for, for listeners who who are sort of familiar with the name, but don't quite know, I mean, Danny Meyer began as a just a phenomenal restaurant tour in New York city, uh, the Gramercy park, uh, tavern, union square, a bunch of incredible, the, the modern at the museum, of modern art, amazing restaurants, but he's probably best known uh, now for Shake Shack. And uh, I'm not going to put the blame on him entirely, but I have gained a lot of weight during the pandemic. And I think uh, Danny Meyer contributed to that. Um, Mark speaking, is
1: another Trinity guy who also is part of um, Union Square um, Hospitality. Uh, it's very yeah, very
0: supportive. Speaking not of my weight gain, but speaking of the, the pandemic, um, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't ask you, what has it been like? I mean, you made it through 2009 as a derivatives trader, which is certainly fraught. Um, but what has it been like making it through 2020, this, this pandemic year, as a as an entrepreneur, who's, who's got a company that's really trying to do uh, a lot of good, uh, in a year when, when surely a lot of people need, need a lot of help.
1: Oof, yeah. I mean, 2020 has been, it's been a year for, for a number of reasons. Um, We were on track to close a funding round on March 31st that completely fell apart because the pandemic came to town. So the plans that I had going into the year had to change very quickly, uh, had to adapt very quickly to adjust to the new reality of like not closing that funding round and uh, figuring out how to keep the company alive um, in, in that kind of environment. Part of the reason why the investors walked away was because they were all convinced that companies would our clients would all walk away. Um, fortunately, the investors were wrong. Our, our clients stayed with us and we were able to get through the year. But um, I think for me in particular, 2020 has even greater significance um, for for the fact that like, um, I am a black male and 2020 was just a crazy year in terms of this social and racial reckoning that we were, that uh, got triggered with uh, George Floyd and having to be in my position um, doing what I do, it, I felt very compelled to to use that platform to do something um, and not just um, and that that to me, that was also like I mean. That, it, i talk talked volumes about that, but the, the whole, the whole experience was, I mean, it really formative in a lot of ways. Um, what's great is that we're, we're now able to engage with our clients and have conversations about, um, creating board matching programs where we would get more of their black and brown employees to join nonprofit boards. So carry club could play a really important role in, um, get in more diverse board candidates at the national level. Um, and that was very much a, a response to um, what was going on. I mean, that's always been a goal of mine since I started the company, but um I never I mean I felt very compelled to to make it more front and center. Um, and and thankfully like our clients are are all all on board with it. So it worked out. Um separate from that, I mean, my mom and my sister, like my sister that I came up here with when I was 12 years old is now um, a doctor in a New York City hospital. Um, my mom is a social worker at a New York City hospital. So it's been a it's been a year.
0: Yeah, it sounds it. This has been really great, Roden. Thank you. Um, let me just ask you this one. Here. I mean, what's the next step for you? you know, personally and professionally. And and what's the next step for, for the company as, as we come out of my, as you build on your success.
1: I think we have a real opportunity to build a platform that does more to connect people in the business world, uh, to communities that are most in need. Um, I I'm hoping that we could do more to bridge that gap and, and build more empathy across communities. Um, we've done that well in New York city and we're doing that well in, uh, about five other cities. Uh, but the goal is to do this at the national level at minimum. Um, I, I do hope that carry club could go on to be more international, but I think there's a lot of work that uh, needs to be done here right now that I'd like to address in the next couple of years. Um, there, there is so much community. There are so many communities in need. There are so many, people in the professional world who actually do care and like want to get involved. Um, but there, I mean, it's such an opaque experience that you never really know like where to get involved, who you're supposed to talk to and, and carry club helps to remove all that friction. Um, what we've seen this year is that we've placed more people on boards than we have, um, in every other year since the company was founded. Um, and so there's been a massive ramp up in um, interest for people to be more involved and in, to be more engaged. And uh, 2021 will present a, a very great opportunity to, to, to do that in a meaningful way at the national level.
0: Thank you very much, Roden. Um, it's been a great interview, um, but I can't let you go just yet because each one of these ends with what we call uh, the Beyond the Summit Fast Five. Okay. Okay. Everybody got the same five questions. And the only rule is don't think too hard, just I'll, answer.
1: I'll try not to. Okay, you ready? Let's go.
0: Okay, number one. What did you want to be when you arrived at Trinity that first day of freshman year?
1: A U.S. National Olympic
0: roar. What's one thing that happened at Trinity that your business partners don't know about you?
1: So many things. I was part of Sayu. I plead the fifth.
0: Next. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, uh, when you look back on the narrative of your life, was there a moment at Trinity that was instrumental in you becoming an entrepreneur?
1: I actually started my first company at Trinity College, Uh, Trin Snacks. It was called Um, Think of Seamless Web, except I was the only vendor. So that... Certainly played a massive role. It made me realize that it was possible.
0: Number four, what advice would what advice would you give to a current Trinity student who aspires to be an entrepreneur?
1: That's the hardest one, I think, because I feel that I gained a lot from my time um, working at a big company and understanding how just the business world works uh, that made me a better entrepreneur. So for someone who's maybe just coming out of Trinity college, I'd actually encourage them to spend a couple of years in the business world before they uh, dove into entrepreneurship, Um, really get their footing and get their bearings um, outside of college before they um, went down that path. That's what I would recommend. Um, And once you have that under your belt, I would say find something that you are so passionate about that you would be willing to potentially be evicted from your apartment. (laughs) But don't get evicted
0: from your apartment. And number five, the last and final question. If the Trinity Bantam, our beloved and very fierce chicken mascot, was on your board of directors, what role would the bird have?
1: Does it count that Paul Rayler is like involved? I feel like that's that's like my, that's like the spirit of Trinity College on on Trinity uh, on on with character. Um, what role would the bo- uh, the bantam have? The the cheerleader. Um, I mean, that is probably the most important role uh to really keep things going keep the culture going keep your culture alive
0: perfect thank you again for your time Roden. i've really enjoyed this thank you appreciate it
1: this episode of beyond the summit was brought to you by the trinity college office of communications special thanks to caroline devoe ellen buckhorn and mary mahoney for production assistance This episode was produced by Helger Mida. A big thank you to Paul Sullivan, our alumnus host. The theme music, Winter in Liverpool, by Mulaha, licensed by Musicbed. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.